0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host for the most, as always, Adela Marcy, Season four just keeps getting better and better. I mean, you guys have had some great people come on the show and we're not stopping that anytime soon. I'm actually really pleased I'm joined today by uh, Jenna Spencer, who is essentially a corporate banker turned entrepreneur. So being a dynamo she is, she essentially just kind of, she has a better understanding and view of what business owners really want to look for. And more importantly, how to manage themselves better. In my personal opinion, someone that used to work in corporate banking, I'm assuming knows a thing or two about financial spreadsheets and finances. Because uh, let's be honest, most entrepreneurs don't. So, kind of gonna jump into that side. But more importantly, we're gonna keep this fun, uh, this episode as fun as possible as always. And I can tell you right now, Jenna has like amazing energy from the from the minute go. She's like amazing. Like th- <laughs> the best way that I can actually explain this is um, she loves fast cars and taking life with, with all five senses. So essentially, she's one of us, flying by the seat of her pants, or if you're one of my tribe, flying by the seat of your ass. Very quick heads up, we will be getting a few background noises. I'm gonna try and limit those as much as possible. They're not the cats today. It's actually, there's a construction site still going on in the background. Um, hopefully that's get, that gets done up quickly. Jenna, thank you for being a part of the show.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Adele. It's so exciting to be here. Can't wait to chat and talk to your listeners today.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, it's uh, Welcome to the madhouse is the nice way of putting it. <laughs> so just a real quick shout out and roll call for our sponsors as well. Today we're sponsored by AdelaMarcy.com. Go check it out. Check out previous episodes of the podcast on the site. And more importantly, go ahead and join our mailing list where we'll be giving you guys um, access to an email uh, well, basically I'm going to show you how to build an email sequence that sells and how you can write stories like, and build your sequences out that way. So it basically works and helps you in the long term, especially if you want to get your business open and ready. Also sponsors, uh, today are assistprollc.com. that's a S S I S T pro com, which essentially is a, which is your site. And you can tell us a little bit more about that in a moment. So yeah. Uh, I would love to hear about that because I know you guys use um, a matching process essentially to kind of match assistants and entrepreneurs together to ensure they can create a cohesive relationship. Would you say that's kind of in the right area or am I completely tanking hard on that?
1: No, you're totally right. And we like to say that's our secret sauce. So we really find a lot of value in bringing the match to the entrepreneur or solopreneur and their assistant. And it's a lot of fun because the matches that we make, uh, it's a really great relationship. And so the assistant, you know, can speak the same language as the entrepreneur and can really be a right hand because the goal is that this assistant's going to be their right hand. And it's not an automated process. It's, you know, for people who find value in the relationship and having someone that they can trust. Um, so yeah, that's our secret sauce is what we love to do and how we feel that we're differentiated in the market a little bit.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. See, I love that. I love the fact that you guys actually look at the matching side of things because there are so many companies out there that don't. And mm-hmm. that's essentially kind of how you end up with, um, bad communication. It's like, uh, unfortunately I lost my, uh, I'm not lost, but like my editor's not doing the best right now he's kind of in uh, in hospital and a friend of mine mm-hmm. said why don't you get another editor because I write ad, I write to write a response copy they're like why mm-hmm. don't you get another editor and I was like do you know how hard it was to train them
1: to understand
0: yep. the words that I was saying because there are times when I'm writing I miss out complete sentences by accident
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my editor knows me so well that he knows what my brain process was he was like oh I don't actually need to say this so it's exactly. really hard to find the right people around you now, that being said, as a jump off point, let me ask you, how did you actually get into this? Because you went from corporate banking to being an entrepreneur, like especially with what you're doing in this match service. How, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, so that's a little bit of a wild journey. So, I was actually a restaurant manager for many years prior to corporate banking. So, my first child when I was pregnant led me to corporate banking. You know, I felt like I needed to get a real job, a corporate nine to five deal. So, you know, I think that I've had a lot of experience working with people and putting teams together and hiring, especially in the restaurant industry and i had a lot of fun with that i've always loved connection i've loved working with different people and just learning about you know who people are and what makes them why the way that they you know why are you the way that you are i think people are badasses everyone in their own right and so i love just to learn about people so i was in the corporate banking space but i was more on the retail side of the sales piece in the retail stores building teams opening different branches and i just always had a love of hiring and you know mm-hmm. understanding why people are the way that they are and so when i had this opportunity to start this virtual business it was this really holistic thing that happened i just was like oh my gosh well i want this assistant to go with this client because of this specific reason and it kind of turned into our secret sauce just by me following what i was really enjoying doing which was the matching piece and so It was kind of a time when I could go against the grain and just go after what I wanted to do and kind of be a rebel in my own right. And it it just kind of happened. So (laughs) it's kind of a wild journey, but I love it.
0: So essentially, you were the rebel with the colors. Yes. I can actually um, hear myself myself back on on your side side. if we can just change the um, audio settings because it's coming through my. There we go. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, I can hear you fine. Is that okay for my?
0: yeah yeah perfect so it's just i did not want to catch my own voice reverberating through because it messes the recording at times so i was actually gonna say like essentially you were a rebel with a cause in that sense that you went out there and just created something that you loved doing um so i gotta ask i, I gotta ask the really daft question here why yeah. oh like i get that you love matching people why did you ever consider going down the matchmaker uh, road as in you know essentially helping people find love did you ever actually think about going that path or no
1: So I always was interested in it, and I would always think about why people would be a good match in the romance side of things, but there was too much pressure on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you're kind of left uh, with a huge risk there. So I'm curious, what is it that actually helps people work together? Because like, we all know that people that have synergy, they work better, they have like commonalities, but there's lots of differences. What is it that builds a team that works well together? Like, what what are the ingredients to that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So some of those ingredients are, obviously, it's all holistic things. So we really don't focus on skill set a whole lot. I mean, you have to have a core set of skills to match with what you need help with and all that but really it's all about communication. So I think there's two things that really rule everything else in what we do, and that's communication and relationships. And so one, how do you communicate? Are you more verbal? Are you more, um, you know, take the bull by the horns? Are you more, let's have a nice, you know, calm conversation with lots of, you know, relational things involved. So it's really all about how you communicate and how you respond to those who are communicating with you. And then relationships. So a lot of our clients are in consulting, their coaches, you know, so they are building relationships with their clients. And so by being able to pick up on their style and then finding an assistant who matches that style, um, those are the two core things that I focus on.
0: That's incredible. See, I like the fact that you actually combine those things and look at what what both sides need in one and Mm -hmm. kind of like matching on a person on a holistic basis rather than this person has great skills because they might not get on personally yes they may produce absolutely amazing great music or work in this case but if they don't get on that just that sours the relationship a lot more and they're always looking to like replace them
1: yeah well and you know with google and youtube you can find out how to do a lot of things i mean obviously if your skill is writing you know, there has to be a certain passion there for that. But if it's just a small tweak, or you need to learn a new software or something that can be easily learned if you're loving who you're working with, you know, because you're able to communicate and have, you know, relationship. And um, so it's it's worked out really well. And I love it. And I do relate it a lot to dating because there's a little bit of a process, you know, it's like, you meet them and you have this great synergy, but you have to have, you have to go on your first few dates working together and kind of go through your first learning experience. Like, okay, here's where the rubber meets the road. Are we going to move forward or is this not a good fit? So we do have a, an onboarding process that we follow that we help our clients and assistants work through that phase together. And it's like, okay, we've hit our first speed bump. Here's where we go from here. And that's always the turning point of, yep, this is a perfect match. Um, or maybe we have some more work to do, but it's a lot of fun. It is, it is very similar to dating just in the professional sense.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, I I would quote it completely towards that, especially with anything to do with matchmaking. You are essentially in the realm of dating at that point, even if it is just for business. So I guess my curiosity really here is more than anything. Have you always been like this? Have you always been that kind of person that can match people up or have you always, or is it just something you've picked up over the years?
1: I think it's something I've picked up over the years. I think that I've always been very observant, and even as a child, I just had a very um, unconventional upbringing. So I was homeschooled, and I lived out by the beach with my family, and so I think it is something I picked up over the years, but I was just so excited to work kind of in the restaurant industry and be surrounded by a lot of people. Honestly, something I never really thought a lot about. I just followed my gut, and that's how I've lived my life, really, is just following my gut, making instincts, making decisions based on my instincts, and learning from them as I go, and not letting, not using my head so much. I know that sounds so weird, but it's true. <laughs> so, I know it's yeah. true.
0: Sometimes you got to get out of your own head in order to actually succeed. It's, it's one of the truths in the, in the universe that very few people want to acknowledge. Um, mm-hmm. or even advice on because it's one of my favorite things in the world to do is just completely go somewhere for a couple of days and disconnect mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I come back with a ton of great ideas
1: yeah it's you know you have to shut your brain off and just be and feel for a while and that's when my brain does my best work you know I can feel when I've been using my brain too much it's like I need to get in touch with my soul and you know just to kind of disconnect so I love it I love to do that
0: so what is your method of doing that then like is it actually alone time or is it writing or what is it exactly like what's what's Jenna's method
1: yeah so i am an introvert by nature so i definitely need recharge time Uh uh-huh so i spend a lot of time i have waves that i go through so life ebbs and flows of course i have small children and a busy family but for me, it's really disconnecting and reading a good book or disconnecting and going to the beach, um, but just having quiet space where I have a weekend that's just completely downtime. There's nothing on my calendar. I do that once a month. And whether that's playing with the kids out in the backyard or reading a book all weekend, um, I definitely have concentrated, completely unplugged time with nothing on my calendar. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I love those days, particularly when you have uh, complete unplugged time, that's crazy and fun. Now, you've got three kids, right? I do. How the hell do you actually manage to run your business and still have three kids? Because that's something that I know a segment of my listeners, um, they have. They have the whole thing where it's like, oh, I get home from work and I'm really tired, I'm working my business, and I'm really tired, I wanna spend time with my kids. How do you personally manage that?
1: Yeah, so for a while, while I, while I was in startup phase, I mean, I didn't have time for anything and I was by flying by the seat of my ass. I, there was no time, you you know, for anything extra, but I was very strategic with my time because I knew that I was building my dream and I knew that, by sacrificing some of other things like TV or, you know, fun times. I had to say no to a lot of things, but I always said yes to myself and my downtime, but I just said no to, you know, other trips and other things. So there was like a three year period where there was no TV. It was all like working my ass off and then being with my family and raising my kids. So there was a long time there where I, I was working my ass off and it was really difficult. My husband was working crazy hours. So, I, but I knew what I was working towards was my dream. And I knew that it was going to be short term pain for long term gain, that what I was sacrificing in that moment uh, was going to, it was going to pay off. So it was like, unless it was a hell yes, it was a hell no. And I was just really strategic about making those decisions and being very mindful of, I've set a goal. I am racing towards this, and damn it, I'm going to do it. So I was really focused on that. Now I will say that my schedule has opened up some. So I, I'll, during that time, I was building a team. I now have an amazing leadership team that manages most of the day to day of the business. So I can do things now like podcast, and I can truly be the visionary in my business. Um, but until the, you know, now I'm I'm enjoying that gain, you know, but I definitely put in the work uh, back in the day, <laughs> you know, for well, several years.
0: Well, yeah, that's like the big thing that very few people even realize is how much time sometimes it takes to actually build a business that's sustainable. It yep. doesn't come overnight. You need to take your time to do it. And that's something that I'm not a huge fan of with the, with the trending fad of um, – hey you can work all these crazy good hours like you can work all these hours or you can take my system and actually shortcut everything as a system that's not really proven
1: yeah and i'll say that you know that was when i was really building everything i knew i needed a break when i was having those thoughts because i would get so frustrated and be like why is it this moving faster you know because as an entrepreneur you have that there's cycles to this whole process you know there's definitely ebbs to the flow And so I had a lot of times where it was like, oh my gosh, why isn't this going faster? Why am I having these difficult times? Why am I learning these lessons? But I love what you said, there are no shortcuts. You know, this is a journey, it's a lifestyle. And so, you know, I just held myself really accountable. And when some of those thoughts would come in, I would just unplug and say, okay, you know, I'll get my top three things done. So the boat doesn't go down, but I'm unplugging this weekend. It's time to recharge. And that's how I really got through the, the startup phase of this business.
0: See, I love that because uh, there's so few people that take time off to recharge their mind and their bodies. And I was speaking to two friends today about this, particularly about how to recharge their mind. Um, it could be something simple, just switching off and watching Netflix all day. Mm-hmm. That actually really works for me. Speaking of which, what shows are you watching right now?
1: Oh my gosh, so my total guilty pleasure is The Royals on e <laughs> i was so upset i couldn't watch the episode last night um but that's what i've been watching and you know i actually watched friends so i just went back and did that from beginning to end because i've come out of startup phase and so over the last six months just i just had dumb tv time but it really helped my brain just totally shut off um yeah so that's what i've been up to that's,
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that because when you have those moments of complete shut down, like shut off, that's when the magic really starts to create.
1: It really does.
0: And very few people even understand this to that level where you can create magic just by simply taking time off. Um, the old proverb, to go fast, you, you may want to go slow. Mm-hmm. So go slow to go fast. And the reason is it's very similar to driving a car, as you know, being a fellow race enthusiast, um, a fast car driving enthusiast. Sometimes when you hit that corner perfectly, you've got to slow it down. You've got to pump the brakes so you can actually make that smooth transition and then, like, accelerate back off of it. Absolutely. Um, speaking of which, what's your favorite car? <laughs> um,
1: well, on my bucket list is to drive a Ferrari on the Autobahn. Nice.
0: So that's
1: one of my life goals. Um so, I'm just, I really like muscle cars. I like Ooh. classic Mustangs. Those are my favorite. Of course. Um, I have a six-speed Jetta right now. My husband just bought it for me. So, I can just whip around town and, you know, play my music. and. Um, but that's on my wish list. So, a Mustang for sure.
0: Ooh, I like that. See, for me personally, I actually love, um, for me, it's a Nissan. Mm. like a skyline r33 which is the one i used to own um and now it's just like any of them are just amazing i I love them so much because they're so customizable and they're so fast around tracks and like driving around but um going on your autobahn i definitely want to do that that's on my bucket list uh and for as far as it goes with american muscle cars i love the humvee sorry not the humvee God, the Hemi.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha.
0: Dodge. Love, love the speed and power of those. Because <laughs> I've only driven them once. Um, a friend of mine actually used to have a collection. in the UK, he had them imported when he moved here. Oh, cool. And it felt so surreal driving on the other side of where I was oh, driving because yeah. you know American cars are the um, the steering wheels on the left hand side. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, it's on the right, so it's always a little bit weird. Couldn't use that <laughs> now that being said though however like have you? what is what is the what is the car that you would love I, I know it's a ferrari on the autobahn but what is the car that you'd use for your day-to-day and there's a very specific reason i ask about cars
1: so what is the car i use for my day-to-day right now
0: no that you would love to use as your day-to-day so this is like your day-to-day car
1: oh i would love to have a purple 67 mustang Ooh. just to drive around town that's would, what i would love to have
0: would you call it eleanor
1: <laughs> I may, I may.
0: Uh, for those who don't know, Gone in sixty seconds. Watch it; it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna assume here. Are you a fan of the a Fast and Furious franchise or no?
1: You know, I watched the first two, but I'm not actually more of like the older style, like Gone in sixty seconds and. Um, I grew. I was an '80s kid, so I grew up just watching some of the other movies with my dad. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Night Rider. A lot, but.
0: <laughs> no, no, we got Night Rider. He's that's always going to be there. Though I did yeah. want to ask, did you watch Baby Driver? I know it's a little bit like a year out from when it was released, but did you watch it when it came out?
1: Baby Driver. Yes. No.
0: Oh my God! How have you not? You love that movie.
1: I know. How have I not? I'm writing it down right now
0: uh essentially for those and for yourself who don't know uh baby is the main character and of course it does have kevin spacey so i will actually put that caveat in there after the allegations and all the other stuff came out um essentially he's the main character his whole job is um he he's he's a driver that's what it is he's probably the best driver out there and he helps he helps uh, this mob basically um rob places very cool. <laughs> yeah. And what gets even better though and what's really interesting is if you watch the commentary uh, afterwards, like if you go on YouTube and say and watch like say cinema wins Baby Driver, it'll uh, actually give you all the little wins that you would have missed in the movie. Such so oh, as like cool. all like for instance, this movie took the director twenty two years to make. Because he first thought wow. of the idea in the nineties and then was like, I don't know why. I, I need to find the right I need to make this movie at some point in my life. He goes out there, he makes it, and it is a smash hit. Like, everything from the soundtrack all the way down is just perfect. Um, so, it, again, I'm I'm a late 80s kid, like, born right at the end of the 80s. I barely scooched in. Um, <laughs> 89, so barely scooched in at the end. Um, but the way I always look at it is I've always loved music from the 70s and 80s. Um, and there's a song, I think it's a 90s song it's called bell bottoms
1: uh-huh
0: and it's perfect for this movie like it's the opening number it's just brilliant so awesome and it has an all-star cast so i guarantee you will you'll, you'll probably love that movie it's a great way to detach and relax when you're having some time off
1: perfect i wrote okay. it down i'm gonna check it out my really next break so.
0: i hope <laughs> so because if i don't get a message about this i'm gonna be like man yeah. Jenna, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> upset here man <laughs> but
1: <laughs> you'll be hearing from me i promise
0: oh i know i know it'll be awesome for sure so i was actually going to ask from that perspective in the sense of what is one of the biggest challenges that you see from a corporate banking standpoint that entrepreneurs face today that they need to get right hmm.
1: a challenge from corporate banking so i would say
0: from that perspective sorry not from the corporate banking world but if, like you know If more entrepreneurs did this, then it would make their jobs a lot easier.
1: Yeah. So I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, and this was for me specifically when I was first getting started, I wasn't really sure where I was going in terms. And you kind of, you touched on this when we were first getting started, you know, with spreadsheets and budgets and things. When I was getting started, I didn't know any of that and I, I didn't have anything to go on. I didn't create anything. I was just having fun. And I was like, "Yay, this is a fun ride. You know? Yeah, sure. Let's just pick some numbers out of a hat. (laughs) But I think that, you know, setting some goals for yourself, whether that's 90 day goals for the quarter of something you want to achieve or a budget number that you want to hit, you know, even if you don't hit the goal, if you set the benchmark and you draw the line in the sand, then you have something to work towards. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's so important, especially, you know, visionary entrepreneurs, because we can get distracted by shiny things very easily. And so having some kind of goal for yourself on what you want to achieve, but, you know, whether it's 30, 60, 90 days or a year is really, really important. And I think it should be a, a bigger focus.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely planning stuff out ahead of time does help quite a lot. Um, but something I've actually found is the systems, cause there are like three or four systems out there on how to build your 90 day year. And one of the quickest ways I've found is, um, I just put my focus on one week on one task, but I have an end goal, like, okay, by week 12, I want to launch this new business idea. Okay. It's week one. What, do, what needs to happen in the next 12 weeks in order to get this out there and how can I make it happen? without sacrificing uh money or you know my own liberties and time
1: right yeah i love that yeah we we also we run on a system that is uh have you ever heard of the book traction by gino wickman yep yeah so we actually use his system eos the entrepreneurial operating system and we use that system for our whole team and for the company and that was really helpful for us because each person owned their role and each person was responsible for their goals and moving their, their role forward. And that was really helpful at just having a a backbone, a system to rely on when we were figuring things out, because we weren't sure what a lot of the numbers were going to look like, but at least we knew that our activities and our communication schedule and how we got things done, that was on a system and we were following a good process for that.
0: Yeah yeah having again going back to it systems and process always seem to be everything is the compound effect and it's actually how the brain works um even the crazy ones like my own that doesn't like systems (laughs) and stuff it it, it does annoyingly prove to be good in the long run (laughs) i just don't want to do it in the short term ah totally so what are what are some of your favorite movies like that's actually something i wanted to ask you on your time downtime you're completely off what are your favorite activities, movies, and things to do?
1: Yeah, so I love to read. I do have uh, an artistic flair, so I like to paint with my daughter. Um, we do some acrylic painting, or we'll go do a pottery class or something. I Some of my favorite movies actually are romantic comedies, which is oh. kind of odd, but like total chick flicks. The wedding date the notebook you know if it's a rainy day outside i'm either curled up with a book or i'm watching a romantic comedy so
0: that's actually really cool i love that um have you seen um just like heaven
1: just like heaven yeah
0: it's, a, it's a really 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 weird romantic comedy from like 2003, Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon Spoon or a And the only reason I remember this, I think it's was 2003 or 2006, it was in the early 2000s. Um, and I remember this, the only reason I remember it is because I actually went on a date uh, to watch this with my then girlfriend at school. <laughs> so I only remember it because I was like, I was watching it and going, okay, this movie sucks, but it's kind of cute and adorable. And then as an adult, I watched it again and went, this movie sucks less but I can see why the young of me thought it sucked.
1: <laughs> I will definitely check that out. I like Reese Witherspoon.
0: Oh yeah, she's amazing. I love Mark Rufflow. I actually have been joking about for the last couple of weeks how the Mark Ruffalo of the Direct Response World. Ah. Meaning in the sense of I have a name and I'm relatively quite well known. But I when I'm around other like more famous copywriters, I kind of like fanboy a little bit. Even though the uh, fact that they themselves, when they know that who I am, they I've been told on good authority that they themselves fanboy at, when they're speaking to me. So I'm like, that's really interesting how we're both at that level. Uh, <laughs> so it's really fun. So out of everyone that you've met online and over the years, who is someone that you truly look up to? Like someone that you actually like was so happy that you bumped into them and met them and they've been a big impact into your world.
1: Hmm. So I actually have two and they, so actually they're the ones who catapulted me into owning my business from the corporate world. So the, there's two entrepreneurs, they are private business consultants, um, within the traction community. And they, when I was ready to leave corporate, they hired me to be their assistant, and I'd never been an assistant before, like a day in my life. And six months after starting with them, they said, "Hey, have you ever thought of owning your own business? We need really great assistants. We think you'd be really great at it." And they, they, so they identified something that was great in me that I didn't even see at that time. They, they you know, suggested that I open my own company, which I was their assistant. So, you know, there was a progression there where I had to leave them too. And then they started referring their whole network to me. You know, they gave me so many pointers. They're still my mentors to this day, but they're just so selfless and giving and they are amazing. They're just my two favorite people in the whole wide world.
0: I just love that. I love that when you meet like just what I like to call angels. Mm-hmm. that truly come in into your life and help you out with uh what you need at the time and it's really interesting because i don't believe that people randomly happenstance to actually show up i think they're kind of almost destined to show up in the times they're destined to show up
1: absolutely totally agree with that
0: so whereabouts in the u.s are you based right now if you don't mind me asking i'm assuming u.s it could be canada but i'm just assuming the u.s
1: yeah no i'm in the u.s i'm actually a southern girl so i'm in greenville south carolina
0: oh wow i've had a friend of mine literally just moved there oh really uh, yeah I, I won't name them online because they, they they're very 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 pedantic about their privacy Bless them um <laughs> but with that being that being said have you always been from south uh, from carolina or did you move there
1: So I am born and raised here. I actually grew up on the coast right between Charleston, South Carolina and Savannah, Georgia, a really small town called Beaufort, South Carolina. And I've moved to the upstate here about three and a half hours inland and north from home about eight years ago when I started having children. So we moved here and we really love this area. Um, But, yep, I'm from I'm a Carolina girl through and through
0: that's amazing i've always wanted to come to carolina that's like one of my big places in the u.s i've always wanted to visit uh, uh particularly totally... cameron i think that's north carolina though what town uh cameron north carolina
1: yeah cameron um well come to south carolina it's awesome you'll love it oh, i'll I'm, show you around. It'll I'm, be definitely,
0: fun. I'm definitely coming to south carolina that's that's <laughs> without that's without saying I, i'd love to come there because i've been told you guys have really good fried chicken so I'm partial oh, yeah. to fried chicken so it's like yeah I'll I'll be there. I think that's awesome. a, that's the best way to get me to do anything. I'll give you fried chicken. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> like I le- I've I've legitimately accepted payments in fried chicken before from a client.
1: Love like, it. Bless them. Is- they
0: couldn't they couldn't afford my services or my time, so I just said, Ooh. "Well, they're like how about this um I'll pay for the next 3 meals that you have." I was like <laughs> Oh, that's not going to be too good. He's like, "Why well, is that?" Like, because I love fried chicken. And he was like, "Oh, me too." There's a really good like chicken joint that we should go to. So we did, and we spent the next six hours eating.
1: Isn't that awesome?
0: Oh yeah, my clients get that through and through. They just understand. They're like, "He likes chicken." It's, <laughs> it's also the reason. Like uh, as a fun side note, like I don't know if you do any consulting for like your for businesses. Um, a little. Bit. One of the things I developed over the years was this consulting framework. Where I don't do free phone calls because I found that whenever I did free phone calls with people, a, I never really knew how to shut up, so I always gave more than I really should have, and b, it, um, I found that they never used to take action unless they paid. It's kind of a sucky realization, but it's one that's true. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I started doing. Uh, if you wanted to get me on a phone call, you'd buy me something from my Amazon wish list. Um. Love and that. I've had I've had all sorts of things from there, and for me, it's like fifteen minute phone calls because I can solve almost any business problem in fifteen minutes. Um, and one of the best things I've ever gotten was there's a snack. Uh, I don't know if they have it in the U.S., but it's like fried corn called corn nuts.
1: Oh huh. no, we don't. I don't think we have that.
0: It's fried corn, and it's delicious. They have like uh, for me, it's because I like spices, so they have like uh, lime and chili flavor, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think I told one of my clients uh, that wanted to check it out, I was like, the minimum is you have to buy uh, five packs of these, and they all come in threes. <laughs> so they got me like 15 packs of this thing just mailed to my house to talk to me in 15 minutes. They're like, how much do you love these? <laughs> I was like, you'd be surprised.
1: Yeah, that's so, awesome. It that sounds like my daughter with Takis. I mean, we buy cases of them. She loves them.
0: I don't blame her. Those things are delicious.
1: <laughs> and she loves the spicy ones. Fuego.
0: Yeah, she knows what's up. The spice <laughs> just makes things taste better, they really do. Though today again I've got to eat very mildly because I um I decided to have some chips that had vinegar in them. Oh. As in American chips, not British chips. There's a difference, but I'm speaking in American because you're American. Um <laughs> I had some <laughs> not a smart idea with a cut lip. Really oh, not yeah. a smart idea. I just sat there and was like, This is painful. My friend was laughing at me and they're like, Is it is was it worth it? I was like, Yes. It was worth it, but now I'm pain. Shut up. Stop laughing. (laughs) It's the joys of life, really. So I I guess my next, one of my favorite questions really to ask you right now would be, um, as someone like that worked in the banking industry, especially from a corporate banking standpoint, um, Mm -hmm. and we kind of, I did kind of ask you this, but I'm going to go into a little bit more depth here. Say someone actually wanted to truly apply a loan to their business because they knew that that was the only thing that was stopping them from growth. Was more mm-hmm. money than they knew what uh, to have more money in order to scale. Like they had the everything in place, they mm-hmm. just didn't have the money to scale their business. Um, what advice would you give them, particularly on how to essentially kind of charm over the bank so they can uh, invest into their business?
1: Mm. Know exactly where you want to go. So paint picture for the company and have all of your I mean it sounds so simple but have all of your ducks in a row you know if you're looking for capital and you're looking for that you know show what you've been able to achieve so far and exactly where you're gonna go and your detailed plan to get there and also showing your you know your success track you know what and what the possibilities are that you're going to be able to do with this new money and how you know just paint the picture and be really confident in having all your de- all your details there ready to go to talk about and answer able to answer any and all questions about exactly what you're going to do so not all the different ideas and the the thoughts you know about what's possible but what are what are the three specific things you're going to focus on and race towards that are set in stone like they're not negotiable
0: okay i, I like that i like that a lot because it's practical and to the point point. and mm-hmm, again like when you creating the actual plan to show that this is where i'm planning to go um, what are some of the key things that people should definitely include? Because I've had, I've had different things over the years from different, uh, people, but I'm curious what yours, what your, uh, absolutes would be.
1: Yeah. So definitely, you know, a firm budget, you know, spend a little bit on money and get someone to help you, um, just make it look really good on paper. You know, you, the bare bones are what's essential, but. Having it look better, and that really does help, in my opinion. Have a formal business plan, you know, just take the extra time, go the extra mile to really make sure everything is detailed, everything is written out, you know, everything is well written, you know, going back to communication and relationship, which is what I I base everything on, is make sure that what they're reading and what is being presented is as beautifully communicated as if you were standing there talking. You want those two things to match up as closely as possible. And then also on the relationship side, you know, make have a good relationship with the bank, you know, go take the extra time to really establish a good relationship with the manager at that location and, you know, do some other things with the bank along the way. So you have that relationship there, but your communication from both your material and from you as a person um, is really Beautifully written and, and solid and well communicated. I just think communication and relationships really relay over to any area.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. And FYI, that was not me farting. That was just the background of someone <laughs> using a machine. So, just so everyone at home is like, did he fart on a show? I'm crude and crass, but I wouldn't do that to you guys. Just an FYI. Um, so, something I really want to kind of like ask you right now is one of my favorite questions. Yeah, actually, it's actually a new question. You're the first person i have actually asked this to. And that is, did you ever have a life motto or do you have a life motto? um, And has it changed from when it first was developed?
1: Ah, I love this question. So my life motto is feel the fear and do it anyway. And my life motto has developed I don't really know what my motto was. So I guess I grew into this motto a little bit because Mm -hmm. opening a business and going from thinking a corporate path is success, you know, yeah, I have all the P's and Q's now I have the, the, the time off and I have the flexible spending accounts and vacation time and all this other stuff. But there's always things that, that are going to scare us, but if you don't ever act on it, all you're going to be left with, I think, for me personally at the end of your life is all the what-ifs. Yep. So feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And so that's basically always been the thing that you kind of kept with.
1: Yeah. So I, I was very timid and shy as a child, but I always had this rebel spirit inside of me. So, you know, I didn't really realize that what, that's what my motto was, but I do believe That has been my motto from when I was a child. I've just put a name to it and I've said it out loud and lived by it even more now because it's grown. You know, now when I see things that scare me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that, just watch. You know, and it's like this own challenge I give myself to overcome it and just like, hell yeah, I'm gonna do that.
0: I love that. I think that's one of my favorite things about people is when they actually kind of just go, you know what, to the hell with it, let's jump out of this plane and see what happens. I'll grow my wings oh, on the way down.
1: Yep. I love it.
0: So my question here, I guess, is um, you love to read as much as I do. And I'm going to give you uh, a couple of scenarios here. So okay. usually the question would be, name three books, two fiction uh, two nonfiction and one fiction, right? Uh-huh. But I believe you're a, you're a voracious reader. So let's go with your top five books that are nonfiction and and five books or movies that are fictional that you recommend I want to go check out.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, Jen Sincero, her book, You Are a Badass at Making Money, totally changed my life. That's my number one book. I didn't realize I had some some views on money. Um, but I did. And so that book totally changed my life and how I view just wealth and opportunity and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, never eat alone by Keith Ferrazzi. That's another one of my favorites because it's all about relationships and, you know, there's no learning curve, you know, do for others as much as, you know, a business is all about relationships. So I love that one. Uh, I love boundaries so running an executive assistant agency with over 50 women on my team and majority of them are moms you know setting boundaries is something that we always have to focus on you know because when you're not true to your own boundaries then you're just a doormat but you you hate it in the process and you're so I think having really great boundaries for yourself and your life it helps you keep a full cup so that you can um, fill others up so that's another one of my favorites. Awesome. Um, the Ideal Team Player by Pat Lencioni. So that's, we use that for our hiring and finding the right team players for us, but it's all about being humble, hungry, and smart. And so when we're hiring for our team, that's actually what we look for, those three qualities above everything else. And let's see, one more. Christine Hassler's The Expectation Hangover. You know, not having expectations on people, which kind of goes back to good communication and good relationships too. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of my more recent reads that I loved. And then five fiction books. Or Hmm. movies. Or movies. Let's see. So... Hmm, there's so many. I mean, honestly, my so I have to kind of lean on my kids a little bit because we do watch movies as a family. Mm-hmm. So The Jungle Book is one of our favorites as a family. We watch that one a lot.
0: The remake or the yes. original?
1: Uh, The remake. The boys love that because then they're running around in their underwear and they're just climbing all over everything. Aww. It's so much fun.
0: <laughs> Bless them.
1: Uh, Cars 3. My four-year-old watches that, like, every weekend. Um, another fiction book. Let's see. So I would say that sometimes I just read cheesy romance novels. Cool. Um, so there's probably, you know, two or three of those. And my favorite movie myself is The Wedding Date. I just love that movie. It's my favorite.
0: What's it about?
1: So it's about this woman that hires a date to go to her sister's wedding um, because she doesn't want to show up alone. She's kind of the black sheep, the older sister. You know, everyone's like, oh, when are you getting married? You know, just really embarrassing. So she hires a date to go with her, and they wind up falling in love. Oh, So that's my favorite.
0: That's awesome. I love that. So that's pretty cool. So I guess this brings me to uh, one of my favorite questions on the show. And that is this idea of when you had your ass handed to you, I mean, like confidence in every area of your life was just beaten out of you Mm. and you're laying there. What did you do to gain your confidence back up and get back up, dust yourself off and keep going?
1: Mm. Just continuing to put one foot in front of the other when I literally couldn't feel anything. So rather than giving up, I just said, okay, I can get up today and I can go to work. Uh, I can, you know, cook something from a box for my kids tonight. So there were a lot of really difficult times in my childhood. So I feel like survival mode was was something that I would... I was used to so that's a little bit of a curse and a blessing right because in my adult life there's never been a situation I've been in that I couldn't persevere through but it was a little bit of a curse because I had to learn that as a child but there's also a lot of innocence as a child so I didn't realize that that was a skill that I had learned So it's almost like an autopilot switch where if I have to just shut off emotions and just continue to move forward, then I can. But I think it's one of those that's a little bit of a blessing and a curse at the same time.
0: Yep, I agree. It's one of those crazy, crazy things, especially with like a rough childhood, more than anything, you kind of, as you're forced to grow up, you how do I put this? You learn to deal with situations, but the danger with that is that you never really understand how to control it. Right. So it just kind of happens. Now, my favorite question of the show is always what three pieces of advice would you give to entrepreneurs? that are going through in one of these three stages. They're either plateauing. They're either, uh, they've made money, but they're kind of like crashing in like one of their seasons mm-hmm. or they're basically thinking about making the jump to be an entrepreneur from being in the corporate world. What pieces of advice, three pieces of advice would you give them? It can be one for each group. It could be three pieces of rice you can give entirely, they're blanketed. Whatever you want, the
1: floor is yours. Mm. Mm. So for someone who is plateauing a little bit, I would say take a, take a clarity break. Take a mental break. Because there's a reason why you're plateauing. And one of the, this is just from me personally. Sometimes when I I hear, when I'm hitting a plateau, I haven't given myself enough time to think of of new things. I've just, I've gone on autopilot. And so if you're plateauing, you know, the magic for your business is within you for whatever needs to happen next. So go do some self-care. And I truly believe that it's totally unorthodox. It's not business related necessarily on the surface, but for all entrepreneurs, I truly believe that your, um, your business is directly tied to you and your soul. And so taking a clarity break at a time that seems the least likely I think is the most beneficial. Um, so that's that for anyone thinking about, jumping to become an entrepreneur, I'll just go back to my rebel nature, which is feel the fear and do it anyway. So if you truly believe in what you want to do and you have the ability and the, the resources to make it happen, not that it's gonna be easy, right? So it can be, it might be simple, but it might not be easy. You know, if, if you really believe in it that much and you're willing to work your ass off and you know you have something good, feel the fear and do it anyway because you're always going to look back and wonder what if, if you don't. So, and then what was the third group?
0: The third group was the people that are looking to jump from corporate to, um, being a full-time entrepreneur.
1: Oh, I think I jumped to the third one. What was the second one?
0: Uh, those are the people that had made some money, but actually hadn't, uh, they'd made some money, but they were hitting a crash.
1: Ah, hitting a crash. Try something new. So look at where you're at and maybe do a strategy session and look at what you did to get you there and what's changed since you've noticed the decline. And really start putting some thought into what's changed and what, how can you get it back on track. So for that, I would just do something very tactical and just do... Uh, look at where you're at, where you've been and where you want to go. There's something in there that's, that's shifted. So that's what I would do.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for actual, uh, for being so open with like all your questions because it really, really does matter to me when people actually just show up the way they do. So Janet, uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here guys. Go check out, um, Lord, I'm actually going to forget your actual company name for a second. Uh, no worries.
1: It's assistprollc.com.
0: That's the one, assistprollc.com. Check it out, guys. Go hit um, hit them up because they're actually really, really good at what they do. They will matchmake and find the right person for you uh, if you're looking for an assistant. Either way, I think you should be looking for an assistant or someone to work with just simply because it will lessen the load for you and actually let you concentrate on things that you're good at. Um jenna cannot say thank you any more than i can guys check her out also uh, subscribe to the show um send me an email let me know what you guys think write a review do whatever you can share this i love you guys and thank you so much for actually being a part of the show uh, i'll see you on
1: next week's episode jenna thanks again thank you so much bye guys